Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. Hey, welcome to this version of the Hyperfast Agent Podcast. I am at Hotel Del Coronado here at Labcoat Agents Live and have an amazing opportunity to bring to you one of the speakers from that event. Uh, Tessa, uh, give us a little bit of a background of, of who you are and uh, how you got into the business and you know what your business looks like today. Of course. Well, thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here in beautiful California, but also chatting with you guys. So I got started in real estate actually when I was 18. I was the manager of a coffee shop and had a friend up in Oregon who had some liquid capital and he wanted to get into investing, but didn't really know anything beyond wanting to do it. That was kind of the extent of his knowledge. So we were able to actually get started flipping properties in Arizona. I grew up with my mom was a interior designer. So I'd kind of been around it. And I'm just the kind of person that when I have an idea, I love to just chase after it and put it into action. So that's kind of how it got started. Started out flipping properties, did 23 our first year, and then transitioned a bit more towards residential resale and just kind of helping a lot of investors in the Arizona market. I'm a big advocate for Arizona as being a great place to park capital and do a lot of investing, especially uh, short-term rentals, vacation rentals, things like that. So that's kind of how it started and transitioned into now running a residential resale team, still working with a lot of investors, doing a few flips here and there when it when it works out right. But that's kind of how it all got got started. Well, great. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really popular way of getting into real estate brokerage is, is to do the investment side first. I think mm -hmm. when you can handle investors, handle the analytical side of it, uh, it really helps to have that background when dealing with just your normal everyday you know, average buyer and seller out there. So fascinating start. Interesting, the, the tie to Oregon, because that's, that's where my wife's entire family is from. They're, okay. they're out in... Uh, the Sio area in your state, and okay, so I don't cool. Really know what part. I grew up in uh, Albany, Oregon, on a okay. little farm in Albany. <laughs> so that's, that's close to there, yeah. actually. Yeah. And then uh, her her uncle, I believe, just bought an Airbnb home in near Scottsdale. Oh, well, so there you go. <laughs> I, I think you've been highlighting that recently. That, yes. That Arizona is a really good spot for Airbnbs. I have. Yeah. I'm a big advocate, like I said, for Airbnb rentals. It's just a great place there. We have so many events that bring a lot of tourists. We have our spring training, which you said you were just in Florida, so I'm sure you've witnessed it there too. But I mean, I have a lot of clients who just go out of town for a month and lease out their property for spring training and make four times their mortgage payment in one month on what they're renting wow. out their property for. So it's a great, it's a great market for it. And there's definitely the demand there. What do you think the biggest difference has been, you know, working with investors primarily to now just more, more broad focus on, on, you know, retail buyers? Absolutely. I would say one big thing that I'm a big 
believer in, and I bring this into my social media strategy a lot as well, is just being an advocate for um, helping people understand and educate on a different level. Obviously, when working with investors, the conversation looks quite different than working with, say, a first-time buyer or a move-up buyer. So being able to kind of have that background and understand how that dialogue sounds and how it looks different to each person that you're connecting with, being able to shed that light on what they're working on and what they're investing in, is it, it lends itself to being a great asset to helping people make the best decisions and moving forward. Have you noticed a challenge or, or, or maybe, maybe it being more difficult working with that retail buyer? Because real estate, as much as it is a financial transaction, and for an investor, it's almost purely that, not, not 100% probably for some, but, but then on the flip side, you know, for the average home buyer, first-time home buyer, it's very, very emotional. Yes. So how, how has that been for you? Navigating yes, that I would say it definitely is about understanding the difference between interacting with people because you do have that emotional element when you're working with somebody who's purchasing personally or selling personally versus an investor. Um, and it's just kind of the change. I would say I enjoy working with investors a lot because I can speak the lingo. I know how it looks to, to get somebody excited about the kind of money that they can make or the opportunities that they have in front of them. But definitely working with traditional real estate and a traditional client, it's tapping into that emotion and building a deeper relationship. So it's, it's just two totally different beasts that are sort of under that same umbrella, but completely different. Right. And you've, you've built a lot of your real estate following. You've built up through Instagram. That's actually mm -hmm. what you were at Lab Code Agents here talking about. You, know, mm -hmm. you were on stage, kicked it off, did an amazing job uh, teaching about what you do on Instagram. So if you could kind of give us an overview of what you've done on Instagram, how you've built that up and how you think real estate agents should use Instagram. Yes, I love it. So Instagram for me, I just look at it as a platform to network on a larger scale. So when you're first getting into really any industry, a lot of times it lends itself well to go to networking events and go and meet people and put yourself out there and expand your sphere. I think of Instagram as essentially my way to do that even on the days that I don't feel like getting up or that I don't feel like going somewhere specific, I have the opportunity to be able to network with people on a deeper level all around the world. There's over a billion monthly users on Instagram. Wow. So I love to leverage that to my advantage and connect with not only agents in other areas, but also people that, like I said, I did a video on IGTV about Airbnb rentals for Arizona and last week closed two transactions just from people who saw that off of Instagram. I get people all the time that connect with that kind of insight and the kind of knowledge that I'm sharing on there. And Instagram's just been a huge powerhouse in building my business. Let's talk about IGTV because that's, you know, I think Instagram rolled that out last year. There's been some changes that they've done recently and, and they're really trying to get people to, to use that, that part of Instagram. So, you know, walk us through what IGTV is and how you can use it most effectively. Yes. So IGTV is Instagram's long form video content. And I personally love to use it kind of thinking, and I, I say this a lot, I think of my Instagram and my social media as my corner of the internet. I get to own that piece of the internet and use it as 
personally my own TV show. So I'm going to be sharing as much information, but also using it, you know, the power of video. You're well aware of how important it is and how amazing it is to let people in on how you are as a person and how they can connect with you, build that trust, build that relationship. So that's what I use a lot of Instagram TV for. You can actually do videos now up to an hour in length. So you can use it as sort of that asset to share long form content. It could be giving market updates. It could be talking about case studies, which I talked about a bit yesterday um, on stage, which is one of the most powerful types of content, in my opinion, in real estate is a case study versus a testimonial where you're actually taking somebody through the process of what it looked like to get someone from point A to point B, all of the pain, all of the problems, all of the things that you were able to overcome and kind of painting that transaction for them um, is really cool to be able to do on video format and the the hour long i mean that that's the limit i think for bigger accounts like yours right so yes like the, i think it's the, i think it's guys. accounts over ten thousand. you can have up to an hour but you have to upload on your computer which is kind of the oh, tricky really? part yeah okay, i didn't know that yes. so then the, the, the regular accounts it's 10 minutes i think mm-hmm. have you done ones that are like much longer than 10 minutes or um, I think my longest one is maybe 25 minutes. Okay. I have not yet got up to the hour. I don't know that anyone wants to hear me talk for an hour, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would be super impressed, as, as good as you are, if you could keep someone's attention. Attention on the, for on an the, hour. You know, vertical uh, phone yeah. <laughs> screen for, yes. for an hour. That's one thing that I'm curious to see if they do make that change of having the the switch over to horizontal. It's like, it's kind of interesting that it's all vertical. Um, I know that that's been, there was talk of it being the next YouTube and that was a lot of the resistance that they got. A lot of the pushback was that it was vertical. Well, they've, they've done a study, I believe, and, and I'm probably getting the number wrong, but like over two thirds of millennials didn't want to rotate the phone. Interesting. I'm so, a rotator, I've got to say. <laughs> so I know when it first came out, a lot of people would, would post content on there and it would they'd have that little graphic that said rotate your mm-hmm. phone and but then the nav bar and all that it still it still set you know yeah. stays at the side so it's a little little awkward not perfect yeah and and i noticed a lot of your you know because i just have been studying a little bit of what you've been doing on igtv you're using cover photos a lot mm-hmm. right yes so, so like walk us through the different dimensions and how it shows up in the igtv section versus the feed versus on your profile because there's there's really three dimensions you need to think about correct if you're yes when you're doing there really this. are and this has been a bit of trial and error because it is still a newer feature but i'm a big believer in having my feed look aesthetic it's something that i care about i know that there's kind of you know you'll hear different opinions on that some people think it's not as important i personally do and igtv has the awesome feature of allowing us to have that preview within the feed on instagram so i love to make sure that that cover photo kind of goes with the flow of what it is that i'm sharing but also has some text to indicate what the video is about because when somebody's coming to my profile i want them to know i can go here and learn about airbnb rentals or i can go here and get a market update or whatever it is that I'm sharing. So dimensions wise, I wish I had (laughs) the best dimensions. I usually go for just something that's the average kind of iPhone wallpaper size and shoot to keep the text somewhat in the middle. (laughs) That's kind of as good as it gets. Yeah. So you just, you just have to kind of test it out, see what works best for you. And then I know another great tip I picked up from you yesterday was saving your live videos right? Because on, on Instagram, you know, you can go live, it's gone in 24 hours, but you said you're now saving the lives mm-hmm. and then using that as the IGTV and then 
using it actually in shorter content bits later. So, so walk us through that process. Like if you were going to make a live video, then what happens to it next? Yes. So in any industry, but I think particularly in real estate, we really want to focus on making the most of our time and not creating a bunch of extra work for ourselves. So I'm a big believer in taking one piece of content and recycling it as many ways, shapes and forms as you can. So when I hop on and I do a live video, I'm always saving it. And I believe there's a time limit on that as well. I think if it's under 20 minutes, you can save it directly to your phone. If not, there's actually a plugin I use on online to like download the video that way. If it's a longer form live video, it's then going onto my IGTV. I'm putting that on Facebook. I use another software to stream video to Facebook. So you can have a pre-recorded video and stream it as a live video onto Facebook. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you use to do that? I forget what the okay. website is called. I can find out. But I use that a lot so that I'm kind of recycling that as live content again. And then I'm clipping it down into shorter videos for either posts, ads, anything like that. I'm just really trying to push it out as many ways as I can. And a lot of times I will reuse content that I shared previously. Because if you've got, say, 20,000 followers, and you're getting an average of about 10% engagement on your on your photos or your posts or your videos, there are so many people. <laughs> be visiting us. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many people that are missing out on that content. So I always say that I'm going to keep saying something again and again and again until you could pull 20% of my audience and they would be able to repeat things that I share. So I have no problem with repeating, repeating, repeating. And I think that it's a really great way to kind of reinforce your message with what you're sharing. Yeah, you got to be consistent and and, and say the message a lot for it Mm -hmm. to break through because there's so much noise out there. And I've noticed like all the big guys do that, like Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, Gary Vee. They get a few good really core messages and and then they just they stick to it right they're consistent yes. so it also helps for that brand recognition because now when you've started to share your story consistently and whether that's a part of who you are or it's one of the main principles of what you teach or your keynote of what you're sharing, when you share that really consistently, that's what people go to you for. People start to recognize you as, oh, the Instagram real estate girl or, you know, you get that kind of title, that label that you're giving yourself by sharing that really consistently and locking in that info for people. So IGTV has been big for you, at least lately. Uh, I've seen you post about hashtag strategy as well, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Uh, Walk us through just a quick, quick synopsis of of what you think real estate agents need to do and and focus on when it comes to hashtag strategy. So hashtags can be really powerful, but it can also be one of those things that does suck up a lot of time unless you're kind of putting in effort for it. So I use hashtags in two different ways. And if you scroll through my feed, you'll see that some posts have a lot of hashtags, some have one or two, some have none at all. And it's really dependent upon the times that I'm sharing, what the piece of content is and the exposure that I'm trying to get for that piece. But I love to make in hashtags that are both highly populated. So they've got, you know, over a million posts. I like to have about five or so in there that are between the 100,000 and 500,000 posts. And then I like to keep five to 10 that are on the lower scale because when somebody's going to a hashtag that maybe has 8,000 posts on it, the likelihood, if you put some quality content out there, the likelihood of them seeing your posts is much higher. 
the exposure you're going to be able to get on there is really amazing. And I love to look at my insights on my posts and see that, oh, I just got 5,000 new people who would not have seen my post saw it because of my hashtag use. So that's the main way that I use them for realtors to kind of use hashtags and apply that right away. I would recommend looking and focusing on, on local hashtags. So I look at all the kind of hashtags that are popular in my local area and ones that are being used by other businesses, other corporations, other influencers within the space that I am in. And I see how I can either connect with that person directly or I can utilize that hashtag as well and kind of piggyback off of what they're doing. So okay. if you're in a, a, an area looking for the ones that kind of fit that local area. So you don't want too many like generic broad ones that have one, two, three million plus type Correct. type post. Uh, th those I've, I've noticed too when you have a bunch of those in your post you, you start to get a lot of the like robot mm -hmm. comments as well all the, the comments that say hey come <laughs> like my page I love your post <laughs> yes you get lots of those what do you do to save save time with hashtags because I know like you're not typing all 20 of them out every time are you no I okay. use my notes very heavily in my phone okay. um, not only for typing out my captions but when I find a series of hashtags or a few hashtags that I really like that are performing well for me I save them all in different notes on my phone and that's how I can kind of go back Just to the same ones but I do like to recycle it a bit and kind of text replacement mm -hmm, exactly are you a real estate agent with friends or clients moving to or from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? Send them to the number one team in the area. The Kerry Shell team will ensure they get world-class treatment and the best possible results buying or selling their home. The Kerry Shell team has the best training, systems, and marketing, and we proudly guarantee our results. To refer us business, call the Kerry Shell team at 703-589-9067 or go to referkerryshell.com. Okay, uh, what else is big for you right now on Instagram? I know we, we, we covered IGTV, we covered hashtags. What about just deciding, you talked a little bit about this yesterday, like how to decide what content to create? Yes, so a big question I hear a lot is people who struggle with, should I have just a real estate account? Should I have just a personal account? I am a big, big, big believer that you should have one account. Now, of course, there are times where it makes sense to have, you know, secondary accounts, but having the one lets people connect with the person behind the brand on a deeper level and building that relationship up, which ultimately results in more clients, more business, more connections, and more referrals because people are able to see who you are as a person, who you are within your business, and how they can connect with you that way. So as far as content and things that I like to share, I love to let people in on a little bit of the behind the scenes, the lifestyle stuff. I'm always making sure I'm adding value, but showing transparency is what makes people feel like you're a real human behind right. the screen. You're a real person there. You're not just some robot, not just somebody posting for you. There's an actual human being there. And that's something that has been a huge asset in getting people to feel like they can connect with me and ultimately trust me with their business and trust me with a huge investment in their life. Um, so I'm a big believer in that. And then I would say as far as content goes on Instagram, that's where I spend the majority of my time. I think that's one of the things people like to outsource first and foremost is getting somebody to handle Instagram for you. And though having someone execute the actual Instagram posts is a great way to do it, I think it's important to have the individual take the time to write the content and put the value out there. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, to out, especially if it's a personal account, mm -hmm. it's very hard to, to outsource that. And I, I actually, that was one of the questions I asked Gary V on stage at Agent 2021, which 
that made it onto his feed, except he didn't tag me. <laughs> so if you're watching this, Gary, it would have been nice. <laughs> but, um, you know, I asked him, like, how are you putting out so much content? Like, who's doing the post? Like, how does it all work? And he, he basically was like, I'm typing every single tweet. I'm doing every single mm -hmm. caption. If my team will prep it, give me ideas, but it comes to me on a text message chain and, and like he's the actual one like writing the headline mm -hmm. and yeah, it, you, it packs a lot more that. of a punch yeah i will outsource just about anything else for as long as i can to keep that human element behind my instagram and be able to be the person responding to direct messages and building those relationships within my social media platforms and i, I think it was a really good point about making it personal because people want to do business with, with a human being. They mm -hmm. want to see the struggles, the behind-the-scenes stuff. We have, you know, Carrie and I each have a personal brand. We have a, a brand for, for Hyperfast, and the real estate brands each, each have one as well. Our team runs more of the real estate and coaching ones, the business ones. But mm -hmm. the engagement is so much more, like, better on our personal accounts. Like, yeah. Like, people don't want to follow businesses as much as they do a human being. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that there's definitely a lot to be said for the amount of engagement that you do or don't get on a business account. It's great to have a presence and you know, you'll able, you're able to run ads through that page and things like that. But I think that having the majority of your time spent on that personal account and building up and being the person behind the brand, because people buy from people essentially is, is going to get you 10 times further. Yeah, I agree. And it just baffles me sometimes you see real estate agents like just don't put any effort on their personal account or a lot, sometimes they don't even make them public. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. <laughs> That's one of my struggles. <laughs> I, I don't understand the private accounts. I think I understand, you know, that people want to shelter if they've got their children and they want to be aware of that. But you're in control of what you post. So if you're concerned about posting something that you don't want someone to see, then just don't post it instead of sharing on a private right. account. It's my personal opinion. I've never fully understood that, but there's maybe a reason for it. <laughs> How have you seen it help 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 your business? As far as having a public account? Yeah, well, just in general, like Instagram, Instagram. and you know, you've given a lot of great advice and insights on on how you've run such a large account and, and grown, you know, a really big following. But and, and you mentioned earlier. That one IGTV post got you two deals uh, mm -hmm. the, on the Airbnb one. But overall, what has it done for your real estate business? Overall, it is the source of the majority of my lead generation. Honestly, it's where I've built up a community. And in the strategies that I share about content and what you're putting out there, to me, it's all about building this community. I now have all of these people 28,000 people that follow me that are such supporters and advocates for what I'm doing, that those are now my ground soldiers that are out there doing the work for me. They're getting, they're peddling my name for me. If I continue to show up for them and give, I, I love to talk, you know, and give a lot of motivation and inspiration. I get messages all the time of people who are starting in their real estate career or pushing themselves or really inspired to chase after their dreams because of what they've seen. And so just by being able to do that, I, I generate a lot of business just from using it as a networking tool and then treating it still like a business. When I make connections with somebody, I'm adding them into my CRM. I'm adding them into a note. I'm making sure that I'm following up with people and using it basically as just another part of the touches in my reach out to people. So this is basically the, the 
the engine that's fueling a real estate business that has six people, right? You have 16 members? Yes, we have six agents. Yeah, so real estate agents don't ignore Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, put some time and effort into it. Treat it treat it like you would any other lead source or platform. And the the cool thing about it is, like, these are, these are very, very, very inexpensive leads you're generating from it, right? Yes. Last year, we closed out the year just over $33 million in sales. And 70% of that was completely unpaid just from social media. Wow. So that's... 20 million in volume from from organic organic you know, not paid and that's what that would have been like your second year or third that was year? third full okay. year yeah wow yeah and it's truly not i i get people i guess this is a big thing i hear is say people say okay well you have a big account so that makes sense when i started out I started just the same as everyone else did. You know, I've grown up to this number, which is still, I still feel like such a small fish in this, in this big sea, but <laughs> I'm at this number now that I'm really proud of, I'm really happy with, and it's all happened within truly the last 12, 18 months of pouring more and more time into growing my own personal brand. But the agents on my team are people, you know, that have between 300 followers and maybe 3,000 at the maximum. So it doesn't have to be some crazy number. In fact, when you have a smaller account, you can really pour into those people and build deeper connection from the start and then just continue to scale that up as you would anything else. Yeah, walk us, when were you first on Instagram and, and were you using it from, from real estate from the beginning or was that something? I was later? not using okay. it for real estate until probably two years ago, three years okay. ago. I was just kind of using it as everyone else does, right. you know, post my coffee, <laughs> what, the, what the average account, thing. What was the account size? back then before before it was a real estate so when I very know. first hopped on Instagram I was yeah. in high school and I actually got into it and kind of figured out I loved learning about like the algorithm and figuring it out feeling like I was kind of getting the, the feel for it so in high school I actually built up to 1200 followers and I thought that that was amazing I had the highest followers <laughs> in all of the high school <laughs> and all of the farm town that I lived in it was pretty cool so everybody in <laughs> Albany Oregon followed you yes. 100% uh, market share <laughs> percent population was following me on Instagram. But then it sat there at that 1,200-ish number, maybe just under 2,000 until more recently. And then once I started to see the opportunity to generate business, I was going to ASU, I was working at this coffee shop, flipping houses, and I was also the marketing director of this event planning company. And I started a social media strategy for them and they said, we do not know what you're doing, but it's working. Hmm. So just keep doing it. And I started to pour a lot of time and effort into understanding what worked and what didn't work on Instagram. And once I saw that I could generate leads for that kind of business, I thought, well, I'm a service-based business too in real estate. And so I started to find ways that I could implement that into real estate and ultimately use it as a tool to connect with people all so around the world. Basically got like 10 X growth on it in like two years. Yes. Or so? Yeah. Wow. And I would say the biggest thing that helped me with that growth was truly looking at ways to connect with other people. I look at other brands, other influencers, other companies, other like restaurants, anything within my, especially my local market, but now on a national scale as well. And I find ways that I could add value to them that they could also add value to me. Collaboration is the most powerful tool, in my opinion, for growth on social media. So finding other accounts that have middle, you know, mid-range followings and do a collaboration with them. Reach out and see if you could do a live video together or if you're 
in real estate, you could reach out to other realtors in different markets and talk about comparing and contrasting your markets and just try to mutually benefit each other. And that's been conducive to a lot of the growth that I've had on Instagram. So how does that work? Like, okay, just give us a quick example, like local restaurant in your town, you want to collaborate with them. They've got 2000 followers, let's say whatever on their Instagram account, like so I typically <laughs> would start by shooting them a message on Instagram. Depend, You can usually tell based on how active the account is, if who's running it or if there's someone running it. So I'll start by shooting a message there and just say, hey, I would love to come in. I would love to connect. You know, I'm a influencer in the local area or I'm building up, you know, a local community, something along those lines. And just letting them know that you're active in your community. And then if you get a response, great. If not, I just go in and ask for the manager or anyone and start to strike up a conversation. Hey, I love this restaurant. I come here often. I was just wondering if you guys wanted to post about each other on social media. Maybe we could host an event here and just kind of throw it out there. I always say, what's the worst that could happen? They're going to say no. And then I'm back to square one. Right. And so I just kind of use that as my tool. Um, And it's been good. I have client appreciation events at different restaurants. I try to find a restaurant like that, that has maybe a slight following to host one of my events at, and then just push it out all over social media and they do the same because and they'll, again it's they'll put it beneficial. on their stories or their, exactly. their feed or sometimes you make a flyer in the window like it's very beneficial to reach out and see how you can collaborate with other and then you said companies. do a live video together so mm-hmm. will you actually like use that feature where you're both in the same live with, with that restaurant? Or how I would that, say I haven't that done that with a restaurant owner. That's more so if I was reaching out to, say, another entrepreneur or somebody who has a podcast or something like that. I love to find out ways that I could add value to their audience, that they could do the same to me, and we can kind of find a way to help each other out, and we'd hop on a live video and share it to both audiences. And it's kind of the same way as you'd pitch yourself for anything. I have a couple main topics that I would want to share that I know could be valuable to their audience. Reach out, offer that to them, and most people are very open to it from my experience. Okay. Well, no, that's that's <laughs> some great advice on on collaboration and, and you've given us a ton of value, ton of actionable items that I think anyone can do. And, you know, just, just because you're starting out or maybe you only have a couple hundred followers or it's, it's just your friends and family, that doesn't mean it's, you know, not something you can, can build up to. And, mm-hmm. and you've, you've definitely shown that. And, you know, building, building something to where within two years you're doing 20 million a year from an organic platform, I mean, that's, that's powerful, right? Yeah. And, and you're using it for other for other things outside of real estate as well, correct? Mm-hmm. I think yes. I've, I think I've noticed on your account you, you're in Yeah, so I, I sales, work with correct? a lot of different companies kind of all over. And this truly has all come from Instagram. This is just putting myself out there. So many opportunities have presented themselves to me because of what I share, the way that I share it, and how I show up for myself and the people that expect me to show up. And so I actually help a lot of other companies with their marketing, with their social media and coming up with a strategy that's going to work for them and do a lot of kind of sales training and understanding how to help people leverage their marketing to help them get more results, more leads and better ROI for what they're doing. I mean, the best ROI is free marketing that you're getting a lot of business from, right? I can't get much better than that. So I like to help other people learn how to do that and teach them a lot about converting a sale from social media. 
All right, what's what's next for you? <laughs> what's next for me? <laughs> well, it changes on the daily. <laughs> next for me is heading back to Arizona, diving back into what we're really working on. Uh, we've got some new developments coming, all kinds of stuff pushing in the Scottsdale market and the Arizona market. So that's really what's next is diving back in and growing and scaling until I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Thanks for being on this show. Really appreciate it. You've given a ton of value. What uh, What's the best way for people to connect with you if they're listening to this or watching this on YouTube? Uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you? I would say the best place to find me is Instagram. On Instagram, I respond to all of the messages that I receive. So you can find me there. It's at Tessa Bella with two A's. Um, and that's the best way to connect with me. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show and good luck with all all that's going on and you know it'll be exciting to see uh, what new developments come with you awesome thank you so much for having me thank you for tuning in to this episode of the hyper fat show subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest hyper fat shows and remember we love reviews reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows so give us the good the bad and the ugly we hope you enjoyed the show and we will see you next time